Oh, I'm supposed to start. We can. It doesn't really matter. Hi, I'm Jay. I'm Brian. And this is the BNA Podcast. So we're back from a uh, kind of extended break. Yeah. Were we in Vegas or? We, uh, or yeah, I, let me, let's clarify two things quickly. Right. There was no bail involved. There was none. None. No one has been incarcerated, arrested, or accused. Um, although I've been semi-incarcerated because I did get the COVID. Yeah, well, that's I got that's the breakthrough, exactly. co- breakthrough, the breakthrough COVID. You're but, one of those rare yeah. cases, which we... But yeah. uh, luckily, it sounds like you were well, not I, particularly you know, sick. Here's the deal. Back in March, mm-hmm. when the miracle of modern science presented the opportunity for mm-hmm. those of us that were willing to do so to get what's called a vaccination, yes, I went over and they gave me a little jab in the arm, and then 25 days later or whatever was prescribed by the... A second one. I got a second one. Yeah. So then I traveled. So I was here a few weeks ago. I may have contracted it here. I don't know. I went to Michigan to visit my grandkids and daughter and family up there. It was super, super, super great time. Um, My daughter thinks, and she's an ER doctor, so this is not just my daughter being a daughter, but my Mm -hmm. daughter being a doctor put me on antibiotics because I did have an infection in my tooth, which Mm -hmm. I wouldn't go get looked at. Because I felt bad. Right. And I don't want to go make everybody sick. Right. So she's like, no, no, no. You got an infection here. So she gave me some antibiotics. I got that going on. Just real simple little deal. And the and that's all better now. Um, she thinks I was sick before. Right. She thinks I had it for a couple of weeks. So when I got back from traveling on Friday, a week ago Friday, I went and got tested. And I tested positive and then right. the following Wednesday, I tested positive, and Thursday and Friday, I tested negative. Gotcha. Uh, so last week. So now you add a few days to that. It's Wednesday. I'm well past my quarantine period, and um, I had, honestly, I was a little tired. Gotcha. Uh, didn't feel sick. I've never had a need to for a doctor. The only reason I needed a doctor was because I've been putting off going to the dentist. Right. <laughs> until I got better. So well, we have so to anyhow, work on that. You know? I do. I, I strongly recommend. Yes that people get vaccinated. So if they are in fact exposed to the Delta variant of COVID-19, they will just get 10 days off. Right. Well, which is what happened for me. I think that's a, a great plan, except for there are people that are getting sick out of it. And, oh, no question. And the, and yeah, the reality know. is, if you're not vaccinated, um, you're and you catch this thing, you're going to get really, really, really Boy, sick. Boy, this one is worse. This uh. one is definitely worse. I mean, I having walked with people all along the way through this journey, um, the people I'm hearing about are, are, are getting really, really sick, and yep. they're dying. You know, yeah. we saw that this week with a, a local radio personality here in Nashville who uh, – who died uh, he had yep. been a pro anti-vaxxer and at the end he was like well, maybe i made a mistake as far as we know yeah i only the only thing that i insert here is that we'd never heard from phil valentine because he was just horribly turns out mortally ill right. um when he was in the hospital and then all of a sudden he's on a ventilator and his brother was making statements on his behalf mm-hmm. which have no reason to disbelieve uh, but all of a sudden, he was like, well, I should have taken the vaccine and all that kind of stuff. I, I, there's always the possibility that, you know, anti-vaxxers are in the hospital right now telling their doctors, no, I will not get vaccinated and getting put on ventilators and dying right. uh, because yeah. it's more important to them to be wrong 
Yeah, I, is, I don't understand. I don't understand either. But, but we'll, we can wrap up our COVID coverage since I had it mm-hmm. um, with a couple of things, though. Right. Uh, one is talking about the COVID spread in Nashville. Yeah. Which is not good. Uh, currently, we're at about a 14%, maybe 15% infection rate, which is right. better than the surrounding counties, which yep. are into like the 20s. Um but yeah, it's bad. I mean, I back in the early days of COVID, you know, we were basically saying we're going to close down church if it's above ten percent. Sure. Now, like all venues, it, nobody is wanting to go back to closing nope. anything. No. And uh, so then it's just a matter of uh, masks or vaccination records or whatever you want to do. Um, to try to minimize this thing to its fullest. And it's uh, it's bad. Uh, the emergency rooms are full. Uh, not emergency rooms. The ICUs, ICUs are full. Yeah. Well, the ERs are too, by the way. Yeah. Um, they Nobody talks about that because ERs are most often full. Right. Um, it can If it rains in Nashville, the ERs are full because and, of car wrecks. So. And, and the thing for Nashvilleians, you know, um, Folks from the surrounding counties want to put their fingers in Nashville a lot, okay? But the, the, the reality is for Nashvilleians, a lot of those ICU beds are filled with folks that live in counties that are not as diligent about trying to deal with things as Nashville has been. And so, yeah, and, you know, just to be fair, how disappointed are we that Nashville's vaccination rate is still like 51% or something? I mean, it's, yeah. That's just horribly disappointing for it Nashville. Is. It did, now, does that include kids? Because that's been where I the, don't think so. I don't think so I, They either. Usually when they, I, you know, and honestly, I'll go look. But yeah. the, generally when they publish the stats, they're like of, of uh, qualify or whatever they call it, people right. that are eligible. Right. So I think that we're at like fifty-one or two percent of eligible, and that's that is not good. So so explain something to me because I, I just this just got on my radar this morning, which is, um, you know, I'm starting to hear this thing about schools. Of course, obviously, schools have lots of cases. Uh, the school's been yeah. back in session what two three weeks. They've got thousands of case, cases in Metro Nashville. You yeah. go into the surrounding counties, and it's even worse. Um, yeah, and they're shutting down and, schools. Well, they're talking about... Sh- because they don't have... Just because they don't have staff. Well, no, they're shutting down schools, but they're not doing remote learning options. No. Because did the governor... That was did, eliminated. Remote learning was eliminated several months ago. But that was done at the legislature level, I'm right? I'm sure. That, I yeah. think there... I read today that yes. there, was, there was a law passed that basically said, no, you can't do remote learning. Right. That would be... A, that's a normal <clears throat> Tennessee law. That it, sounds it normal does, to me. It does, but yeah. it's kind of short-sighted. Yeah. In some well, ways. it's. I mean, at this point, it it probably is a symptom of mental illness, not just short sighted. I mean, at this, the legislature at this point, um, they, yeah. they'll come up again in other topics today that uh, affect Nashville. But you know, we do have uh, just a, a tragedy mm-hmm. of of government res- irresponsibility that I don't think you can even figure get your head around it. Right? It's. It. I mean, at some point, it is. Uh, I mean, it's criminal, right? I mean, it's like we're looking at people that are saying, that are saying this, like 66 senators and however many members of the House we have in the legislature. Far too many. All but, you know, 12 of them or whatever that are Democrats are marching around saying that it is absolutely our Christian duty to let our children die 
so that we don't have to follow mask or vaccine encouragement, not even mandates, right? even encouragement. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, I'm, I have a very hard time, even in Levitican law, mm-hmm. it's hard to find that one. There was a joke though, a good one. What? And oddly enough, my wife, not a Levitican law expert. I saw that this morning. Uh, posted a thing from Leviticus where it did talk about if you're contagious, you're Co- supposed to cover yourself and cover the lower half of your face with a cloth and holler unclean, unclean, <laughs> wherever you go until it is, pe- and not do your hair, it's all kind of stuff. Oh, and also to separate yourself from separate the Separate yourself. <laughs> Right, it was social distancing and masking, exactly. and it's in Leviticus. You want to argue about it? Have fun with God. Exactly. Yes. So, well, Leviticus, I can argue I know. about. We, we could do that for days, but anyway. it sure is fun. Well, I'm sorry that you were sick, and I'm sorry that you were not that. I know you weren't sick, sick. I was sorry you had to deal with that. I had to stay home. And then the other reason we haven't been on was I was away for a while. Yes, I decided he was the opposite of sick. I, I went to the hotbed. <laughs> Of COVID infections, really I went did, to yeah. Florida, yeah. which was uh, which was exciting. Uh, I did find that there is something that Florida has that we don't have. Well, which the is, ocean comes to mind. Well, no, the red tide. Oh, they got the red tide. Yeah, you think about apocalypse. Let's add red tide to the mix. So nice. we went we went down to Longboat Key outside of Sarasota, and it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And you would walk on the beach. And you would start coughing because the red tide, there's this algae bloom um, out and kills everything for one thing. Uh, But it also puts off this... um, a noxious Invis- aroma. Well, it's not even, you can't it's even not smell noxious? it. Oh, you can't smell it. It just, so it's just it a, just, a noxious it, gas. Yeah, it's kind of like, and, and there were... at least were, it says you can't smell it. And there were hundreds, if not thousands of dead fish along the beach. Um, so... We we does this help get a good deal on a hotel? You know, probably right now it would. Okay. Although they are being so secretive right. about it, they are not publicizing. Yeah, right. There's this. no news. About There's the no red tide. news about the red tide. But from the condo we were at, we could sit and watch the beach, and so, it was beautiful, and we had a great pool, and we ate well. I just it was, say this though: it's a it red tide. Yes. Although, in Florida. Ooh. Right. Yeah. We could argue. Yeah. That they voted for a red tide in Florida. Okay. And are now suffering yeah. from the red tide. Yes. That has overrun all of Florida. Exactly. We could Ron argue. Ron DeSantis that. is the king of the red tide. We, yeah. Well, that I would agree with that. So uh, I tell you, the weird thing is, though, I, we didn't get to see him. We looked, we tried. But there are these little canals on this uh, island we're on, and uh, they have. Uh, because they don't want the water to get stagnant up in the end of these canals, they have these aerators. Well, all the sharks in Sarasota Bay were flying up and were going up into not flying, but they were swimming up into these canals because that was the only place there was any oxygen in the water. Oh yeah! And so you'd look in the canal, and there were just these sharks, sharks everywhere. everywhere. That's so, cool. So it was somebody cool. should be filming that. It uh, yeah. I hope they are. It was a good vacation. We were with friends and uh, good friends, and we ate well and uh, had some great Cuban food, and uh, uh, went and bought you know fresh fish and grilled it out, and it was it was wonderful. I need to go back tomorrow. I think. Yeah, it's you know, there's a couple of things that that brings to mind that I read this week, and one of them was about remote working. Yes, and so. 
it seems that people are leaking back into San Francisco quietly. You know, sure. like they were highly paid tech types and then right. they went off and lived in Breckenridge, Colorado, sure. you know, and bought some $4 million house and thought, oh, I can work from here from now on. And little by little, they're leaking back to San Francisco because right. they want to hang out together. But um, it'd be interesting to see if that has impact on some of the cities like Nashville that have benefited mm-hmm. from the remote working circumstances you know right. um but it was a, it was really funny it was like i the way the article was written mm-hmm. which is just like on the hill or something right. on twitter it wasn't like a new york times or a washington post investigative journalist but mm-hmm. they, it was like you know they're kind of sleeking slurking sliding back into yes. san francisco and not saying anything about it because they felt so hip and woke moving out of town you know it's like hey i can do this from anywhere man i can do this from anywhere <laughs> but then i get bored <laughs> now, before we completely leave the COVID world, Uh-oh. there was a, there was just a note this morning on uh, Nashville-based Tennessee Department of Health, but it's the Metro Health Department, right? That they're changing our Metro Meharry. I don't understand how that works. By the way, you can explain it, but anyhow, it says Meharry all over it, but it's about twenty-five minutes away from Meharry. But you drive through the Meharry Medical. Uh, a place on Murfreesboro Road at the old Kmart, and there is, there were two or three. They said in the article two lines of testing that you yeah. could go through for testing, but when I went, there were three. Okay, um, so I don't know if they just got that wrong or or you got there on a good day. Yeah, right. They just opened an extra tent. There are going to be eight as of today. Well, and nobody believes that's enough. No, I actually there's act there was an ad. There was kind of a plea in the paper yesterday. Asking for try, they're trying to find another place to do this. At. Oh, right, because everybody's gone back to work, so we don't have a bunch of empty parking lots. Right um, now, I don't know why they can't use the parking lot they used before downtown by the stadium. Evidently, uh, we have a thing called football going on now, so they've stopped. They don't want to use it anymore because oh, they started the preseason footballs. Kidding. That little side lot. I think this is more important than football. Not in the southeast. True. Saying well, that something is more important than football. It's, this is almost, almost, football is almost as important as preserving the rainy day fund yeah, in Tennessee. Well, so That's, that's yeah. true. I, well, I wish I had more parking, parking lot space because I, would, yeah, no I would be happy to give That'd it to them. That would be a great spot. It, it would location-wise. So, and you share it with that back area if you could get the Baptist in. Yeah, it's a pretty you know, big lot. It's Baptist, you know. No, they're great. We, yeah. I, I need to talk to Sergio. We'll see. Maybe it's worth a shot. I mean, yeah. it's it's a good size thing, but the, uh, yeah, the idea that in Nashville, also by the way, there's the old Madison Bowl. The old, yeah, I thought empty. about that. Yeah. I thought about that. There's a lot of empty lots. Actually, I think that's probably. I mean, you think about put one at Rivergate. Yeah, there ain't nothing there. By the way, Eastside Bowl's going to open up soon. Yeah, it's coming soon. I coming see. And it's been fun watching. Little by little, there's less Amazon yeah. vans there. Oh, yeah. I don't know why or what they're doing with them. but They built a new fulfillment center in uh, down off Myatt Drive. Yeah, no, I know they have that, but it's, I mean, I guess that's where they move. I guess that's where they move. Yeah. Nobody knows that that fulfillment. I, mean, I were, do because, you know, the Lyft car rental office is right behind that. Okay. So the sneaky driveway to yeah. get to the Lyft car rental office, yeah. to the Pet Boys in right. Rivergate, right. is to go that way. 
Gotcha. And so I've been going by it for months and months. Yeah. I don't go there very often, but I've, you know, once but, a month I go by there. But it's not something they've announced, you know, it's been pretty. Well, it's a little teeny thing. I mean, I was in Dayton, Ohio, uh, day before yesterday, and mm-hmm. they're building probably three mm-hmm. of them between Dayton and Cincinnati, and you right. can see them from the road. They're all about that same size, the small, the micro ones. Gotcha. They're not. I mean, they're just meaningless to Amazon, sure. and they're meaningless to the city. They're going to employ 80 people or something, and sure. who cares? Well, we probably it ought to move on to talk about something else in Nashville. Yes, we should talk about things in Nashville. And we'll do that right after this break um, where we have a word from our sponsors. Now, that would only be true, actually, if we had sponsors. But if we put these things in the podcast and then I break and then come back, if one day we get sponsors, I can insert them in right here. We would be happy to accept any sponsors. If Absolutely. you like this podcast, just call Brian or myself and yeah. we, we will be happy to do some advertising. And we'll you. insert it right here, right here. This portion of the BNA podcast is brought to you by Driving in the Rain, a collection of stories by Nadia Bruce Rawlings, delving into addiction, abuse, and ultimately redemption, published by Punk Hostage Press, available on Amazon. Well, we're back the BNA podcast. We certainly are. And if I was going to uh, have inserted an ad right there, it might be for the new BNA Airport. I um, I follow them on Twitter. Yes, I understand. And uh, I do it because it says BNA, and we're called the BNA podcast. And people ask me why, and then I have to tell them. And I always just because of me. I've traveled a lot in my life. I love travel. It's one of my favorite things in the whole wide world is mm-hmm. to just go anywhere. Right. Um, I've always known every airport code within a really long distance of myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I know right. I know airport code. So when somebody doesn't know what B&A is, I'm always like, how do you not know? But I didn't, you know, they're selling the rug. Yeah, the old so carpet. Yeah, They're selling the old carpet out of the B&A and I'm I'm really really both tempted and interested in buying one as a as a welcome mat or having them you know right here we can you have could, them right you here could do the whole we whole, can do the floor right do here. the floor here in the recording great. in the B and A podcast recording uh, suite suite it yes. is very sweet so yeah well uh, you know occasionally what's weird is I see um, things from B and A the airport show up on our bna facebook feed i follow okay on our and i did that on purpose that i i do actually follow the airport on our bna facebook page because that helps people know what in the heck we're talking about and why we're called that yes in case everybody still wonders this has nothing to do with nashville but i made a discovery my my older daughter last week grace or a few weeks ago went to costa rica and she had some friends that were going and she um, said I looked at the prices on the airfare and it's really cheap. It's and really so cheap. To it's go to with, yeah. So I went, went to Costa Rica and she had a wonderful time. She had a great time. It's a spectacular I place. really want to go. I'm thinking retirement. Hmm. Costa Rica is good. You know, I've been looking at Ecuador, but go yeah, ahead. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I figured, well, I'll get online and see what the the airfare is. It's like less than four hundred dollars round trip. Yeah, for that Costa was Costa Rica. When I'm I went like, to Ecuador two years ago. Right before that, like the month before, we got back Mm -hmm. the middle of February of 2020. Right. So we got our trip in before the pandemic. Right. Um, I went on to use points Mm -hmm. to buy my airline ticket, and it was so cheap that I was like, there's something wrong. I was sitting next to my wife, and I'm like, it's like 12,500 miles. You can't go to Dayton, Ohio. Exactly. You can't go to Dayton for that. You know, and it's like... um, 
what's wrong with this? And I went online and it was on JetBlue. Round trip was uh, $340. Well, even American to, was under To was South under, America. To, to Costa Rica, an American was like under $400. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Like, yeah, it's like, hmm. That's why, it's a good, make, that's why it's a good retirement spot because your kids can still afford to visit. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll have to, we may have I know. to. Gonna she had a wonderful this. time. You know, we could do the B&A podcast from Ecuador or Costa Rica, they that's, both have the interwebs. That's true. Of we course. We don't have to tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> well, they don't know that we're in Nashville right They have no idea. They have no idea. We're, huh. We could be in L.A. for Yeah, all exactly. It's or New York. Actually, this which, could all be part of a vast conspiracy. Well, it could be. I love a vast conspiracy. Yeah. So speaking of New York, yeah, which yeah. I just mentioned, yeah. uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about today is this uh, New York Times article that came out on August the 24th by Clay Risen that is titled Nash- Nashville's Twisting Journey. Yeah. And he tries the writer who grew up here but hasn't lived here since 1995, uh, tries to unpack Nashville politics and why... Nashville politics is a mess right now. And uh, yes, he did try to do that. It, it was an interesting article. There were some things that I appreciated about it. I also uh, felt like eh, there were some parts of it he'd kind of missed. <laughs> Certainly anything that happened after 1995. Um, yeah, there's that. I, I, I also, he called the sort of proletariat, <laughs> uh, he called them the gentry. Yes. And I always have referred to them as the landed gentry because that was their southern thing. And they're all massive southern land owners. Right. I mean, that's one of the things that they all have in common. Bill Lee and Jim Cooper and, um, and of course, our mayor, John Cooper. John Cooper. They're yeah. all huge landowners in right. Tennessee. And this is one of the things that political scientists like to talk about and that, you know, it's that. Uh, land ownership is one of those things that protects social classes and stuff right. like that. So in the South, it's particularly important. It is really like it's it's, it's even more important than the size of your truck tires. Right. Um, my deal is, is that uh, part of it, I was a little frustrated with his sort of description of the mayors that we've had as this. You know, he talks about uh, the, the paragraph in 1995, things started to change. A series of liberal pro-growth mayors, starting with Phil Bredesen, right, right. began to draw in global business. Phil Bredesen, a liberal mayor? Not much. I'm sorry. And I would say, yeah, it's like it's it, and it's not it's not that I I understand what he means. Right. In Nashville. Yeah. In 1995. Or whatever, ninety eight. Right. The idea of actually building, expanding, or participating in the growth of the city mm-hmm. was considered really quite radical leftist, right? C- crazy thinking. Sure. Uh, yeah, to some extent, I would agree with that. But Bredesen, what I would argue about the mayors that followed in the wake of Bredesen, with the exception of maybe Bill Purcell, because he had a. This is where it gets a little confusing to me because I think Purcell is different from the other models. Basically, the mayors in Nashville, including Cooper to some extent, but maybe a little less so, have, were built on this model that Bill Bredesen developed, which was your legacy is determined by what you build. And, right. and Bredesen built the stadium, got the Titans here. He built a wonderful library. And I, I don't take anything away from that. Um, 
But that became the symbol of success in being a mayor. And so you then look at Carl Dean and Megan Barry following him. That's the exact model they used, which is great, but it still doesn't deal with issues in neighborhoods and things like that. Correct. um, So... Well, and it doesn't deal with the tax base problem. Right. We have a serious tax problem in Nashville. Yeah. Um, I was in, so two days ago, I was in Dayton, Ohio. I spent the day in Dayton, Ohio. Right. Bring this up because there are some similarities here and some things that I brought up to the people there because they were, they're building something there that may require some expertise that I happen to have. And so we were talking about some things. I did a tour of the city with the founder. Um, great lunch, different parts of town and all that kind of stuff. And I couldn't help but notice a handful of things. Uh, One of the things that comes up immediately is public transit. Right. They have electric buses that have wires overhead that allow them to keep going around the city on these routes. Yeah, that's kind of of sort of a light rail type of thing. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. It's got the same vibe. It's really like, it's like big city transit though. Gotcha. In Dayton, Ohio. Sure. So... Uh, they they have that right. Um, they have uh, tremendously. It's a tremendously clean, expanding, growing city. The the, the boulevards mm-hmm. are wide. With they have four hundred miles of bike and hiking paved paths. Yeah, it's great. Dayton, Ohio. Maybe I need to move there. It's a beautiful place, and real estate's very inexpensive. Gotcha. But the. Um, but it's you know it's one of those things that it's those are vision issues they're mm-hmm. not problems of wealth and equality and this that and the other they require political vision and political courage mm-hmm. well, the one thing you can always say about southerners mm-hmm. except when it's hellfire damnation and brimstone they have zero political courage yeah. nobody ever stands up and says we must do this for this city agreed you know unless it's exclude gay people from something agreed yeah or limit abortion no i i I think that's exactly right and i think that's true of the current administration as well as much as you know cooper's a nice enough guy perfectly nice little fella but yeah little fella is the word but um yeah we gotta quit bringing up that joke but (laughs) it's just too good you can't not do it yeah so uh it's the same um, thing as you know i met the the preacher in mount Juliet. that's insane yeah uh greg Locke. yeah um and by the way i am on a podcast that we publish and we put out here um we both agree that that he probably probably needs help you you see Um, so insane is the right word i won't Um, mention his name because i I feel like he gets too much press as it is he does but it's uh i which is his model since you know the great thing about making your own podcast since i know all of our listeners personally i can tell them what i think after they hear it yeah but the that's not quite true but it's funnier that way um the deal is that he's also a little fella yeah and it makes for little fella decisions gotcha well, and neither I one, wish neither one of us make, are particularly no, tall. No, but 5'8's a big, that's a huge, huge, huge leap from 5'5". Gotcha. Five five. gotcha. Well, uh, anyway, we won't go down Diminutive. that. Diminutive. We won't go down that road. So, um, the, Too late, I think. Yeah, we I think we did. <laughs> so, uh, but no, I, oh. I, you know, my take on this article, I think there's some interesting thoughts in it, but I... Um, and and I think he brings up some stuff about finding, uh, you know, the budget and the uh, the w- unwillingness to deal with taxing um, that we have dealt with, which we've dealt with for a while. Um, I think what's interesting about that to me is that you can argue that 
our current mayor, has been willing to take those financial issues on. Um, they're not real popular. Right. There, there was there's a whole group of those kind of more right wing folks that want to throw him out for that. But he has been willing to at least say, look, we got to come up with some money along the way to be able to afford to do what the kinds of things we want. Um, is it perfect? No. There are things that tick me off on a regular basis. Sure. But um, but at least there was some movement, whereas the more progressive identified mayors that were his predecessors, and I'm thinking in particular of Carl Dean and Megan Berry and David Briley, right. all of whom I knew, and you know they're nice enough people, yeah. but they refused to do those kinds of things. And some some of that was was that political thing you're talking yeah. about. They all had, uh, with the exception of maybe Briley, they all had a desire for some sort of, of future office or future political run. And so they weren't willing to do anything that would that would basically say, okay, folks, we got to be adults here. This is what we need to do to run the city. Yeah, and it's really, I mean, being the adult in the room is incredibly unpopular in the South. Yeah. I mean, it is, the fact of the matter is, in order to pay policemen, firemen, mm -hmm. teachers, to have schools that are safe, to have roads that are paved, to have sidewalks that are passable, to have lights that that do what they're supposed to do at intersections, to be able to get on and off of streets, to park, to play, to go, to participate. We simply have to pay for it in cities and states. This exactly. is not the federal government. We can't print money. So we have to do it. The as is always my case, when I started the Dayton story, they got cool things in Dayton. The one, you know what they got in Dayton? They got less than 10 city council people. Right. And I mentioned, as I was sitting in an architect's office with an architect, his head of business development, the two founders, my partner and myself, mm -hmm. I said, you know, when we have a council meeting, 43 people show up. Right. And without so much as a breath or a beat, the young lady that's the head of business development for this huge architectural firm in Dayton said, how do they get anything done? And I said, they just don't. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, we're stuck in a place where we need generational change in the way city, the city operates. Right. Um, yes. This silly, I don't understand what happened with the property taxes, by the way, I lost the thread and there's nobody reporting on it anymore because it was supposed to go up, which it did. Mm -hmm. and then it was supposed to get leveled. Right. And reset. It did. I never got an updated leveling or reset number well, in my house. Well, the the dollar amount isn't going to change from when it went up. It's just that they changed the rate because your your property. So basically, it has to they, go down because the state doesn't allow the overall revenue to go up. The rate has to go down. No, but, well, I understand, yeah. but what is the total amount? So if Nashville. The, the way the law reads in the right. state constitution is if Nashville create, say they get a billion dollars in income from property taxes right. last year, they can't get any more than a billion dollars from property taxes this year. But they approved the increase before the valuation came through. Right. So the the valuation, you know, that, that rate yeah, yeah. was depending on, so like they raised it, let's say they raised it to a billion dollars. Right. Okay. But then the valuation comes in and they say, oh, we have to, 
adjust the rate so that it doesn't go above because everybody's property values went up. Yeah, yeah, I understand. But I just so. didn't get any. I mean, I would have. I mean, I knew mine went up, which I was perfectly happy with. As oh, they discussed. I'm perfectly happy about it. But I never got any piece. I got a piece of paper about that. Yeah, immediately. But there's your new rate, and here's your new amount. And I was like, okay, fine. Yeah. I never got one that said, here's your new amount. I mean, your amount's the same, but here's your new rate. I never got that one. Yeah, well, that's because they wouldn't do that, because that would confuse people. Yeah. We need to, to raise the intellectual bar a little. Uh, we do. <laughs> we do. And and I think, I don't know, I'm, I'm really at a point where um, we've got to work out these relationships between cities and states. I understand that cities only exist at the will of the state. Right. Which made perfect um, sense, by the way, in 1826. It did. And so I think but, it's important that we remember that, by but, God, in the early 1800s, this was the only way this could work. But you take a city the size of Nashville the way, or the size of Memphis yet. or the size of L.A., which are really states unto themselves. They're large enough to be states. I mean, they're yeah, the, yeah. Nashville's, what, probably— as big as Rhode Island? I yeah, but I, would, I mean, it, regardless, the, you know, one of the great American traditions has always been this. Yeah. Texas talks about it all the time. Florida, California, they're all talking about this. Right. Stuff we don't need the state of Tennessee in Nashville to sustain ourselves. We no. don't need their money. We right. take it. We do. But we don't need it. Right. So if you insulate it, so if you took away the expenses caused by being a part of the state of Tennessee mm-hmm. and then took an equivalent amount and said, yeah, we don't need your revenue. Mm-hmm. We're just going to use our own sales taxes and local taxes. Right. We could exist without them. Right. Um, but it requires political will. It requires when somebody drives from a $1.7 million house in Williamson County mm-hmm. in a $68,000 Mercedes SUV into their job in downtown Nashville, in London, England, that would cost them $50 a day right? to toll, do that. Toll roads and things like that. No, it's a, it's a, actually a fee on an SUV going gotcha. into a city. Okay, well, that's if you drive an SUV into the city, ting, it immediately just charges you 50 bucks. Well, that works. So these are the kind of things, though, that, that happen in the civilized world. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think that's specifically a good idea. Right. But the fact is that Nashville, first of all, it should have never done the combining city-county thing. Mm-hmm. That was stupid. The um, it was. I mean, I'm sure it makes them all feel really cool, but it caused this ridiculousness that we have today. Sure. Where we have this like 600 square mile city. Right. That has two million people in it. Sure. You know, that's well, that's stupid. You know, it's really yeah. a 700,000 person city. Right. That's about 80 square miles. Right. Which is a manageable place. Right. Sure. <laughs> so, and so we live, you know, in that part that shouldn't be part of Nashville, that should be part of the county, Davidson mm-hmm. County, but not part of the city. And we don't get trash pickup out here. We don't have the same rates as other people. Right. Our property tax rates are a little different. People don't even know this, by the way, that live right. in Nashville. But, we need to look at these things and you know ask the hard question is it is this a sustainable form of government that we have and like you said with this weird thing that we have as part of a state that we all hate um you know more than 68 percent of the people that live in nashville tennessee Mm -hmm. uh voted against that last president guy right right um, it is very, it's not just a blue dot, you know, mm-hmm. it's pretty dark blue. Yeah. It is a home of universities and right. medical centers, right. higher education, tech jobs, mm-hmm. all that stuff, right? 
I don't know how we do it. I mean, the entire country has to deal with this crazy stratification that's gone on over the past 25 or 30 years. And it's like, we have nothing to do with Tennessee. Right. Well, and, and again, my point ultimately is I hear my brethren throughout the state use a lot talk a lot about self-determination you know nobody can tell sure. me what i'm going to put in my yeah, body yeah, nobody yeah. can uh and yet when the people of nashville try to self-determine the right. kind of place we would like to live it's like oh no you can't do that right yeah i'm sorry that's going to be against the rules yeah and so yeah. so our legislature uh, so, does go to an extraordinary amount of effort to make sure that memphis yeah. And Nashville cannot do what Memphis and Nashville want to do. You know, so yeah, we have an Airbnb problem. We're a tourist town. Yep. Um, it's it's killing us um, in well, terms of affordable, affordable housing, affordable housing, so, yeah. and all of those kinds of things. So we try to put legislation in place that says, "Hey, we've got this problem that's unique to Nashville. We're going right. to try to deal with this." And of course, the state comes back and says, "Well, no, you can't." Do that. I will say, playing Mr. Opposite Man. I know that was the most horrible piece of city legislation I've ever read. It was kind of like Megan Barry's transportation yeah. plan. It was so stupid that it caused all kinds of other things to happen. It probably right. is what caused her right to have a bunch of people want to narc on her about messing around with her head of security was because. It's like it will do anything to stop the transportation plan because it's so bad. Well, the, yeah. uh, and that Airbnb law, I would talk to these guys about it, you know, and it would be like, you understand <laughs> yeah. that eliminating people's use of their private property is not the way to regulate something. Mm-hmm. Having corporations come in and buy entire city blocks of East Nashville and have 11 30 person bachelorette party Airbnbs mm-hmm. in your quiet street that you bought 20 years ago. That's what we need to regulate, right? Exactly. But they were baby and bathwatering it like like forty three member organizations exactly. always do. Exactly. And Larry Hagar, you know, our bless his heart, there's eight Airbnbs in his entire district. And uh, he was boy, he was on board. Let's stop this, you know, the evil mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know, take a deep breath, dude. I mean, it's still Tennessee. Yeah. So people still want to be able to have their rental property that their grandmother left them when she died and be able to make it an Airbnb and make a little extra money. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, we baby and bathwater that. We also, by the way, you know, like 43 people will because in 30 of the districts, this mm-hmm. was important. Um, maybe one of the two or three most important musicians in the, in, in the city of Nashville in the uh, making of these country music records that we're known for. Right. Had to leave Davidson County because it became illegal for him to have a one-person recording studio right. in the basement of his house, right? right? We just keep doing this kind of stupid crap, you know. Uh, and so sometimes you get what you deserve. I mean, I the state's got to get out of our business, but without fixing the underlying Nashville problem, sure, it's like it's hard to imagine a world where that can happen because they're so dysfunctional. Yeah. That, um, you know, somebody's going to step in and go like, oh, that ain't going to happen. And it was good. You know, they did something that was so radical mm-hmm. at the council level. Right. That then the problem with us is, of course, we have a legislature, which is like bizarre. Mm-hmm. And they come in and, you know, smush it. Yeah. Like yeah. they did. Of course. With party buses. Ha. Huh. Our friends, the party buses. Oh, my God. Yes. Right, if you're listening to this from out of town, let's set the stage. Yeah, you don't, On you, any given day. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to understand this. I tell oh folks, I'll talk, about, I'll talk about the party buses taverns, or the pedal taverns. Right? Yeah. Or, and they're like, Which are the same. They're, yeah. they're like, what? 
What, yeah. what is what that? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Right? about? So, so <sighs> given that we are now the Las Vegas of the South. Uh, yeah, and or the New Orleans of the North. Or it's, the New Orleans I mean, it's, like, it's really awful down there. It, 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 so <laughs> our lower Broadway strip, which oh, is... Uh, strip it's is five prob- blocks long. Strip is probably a good word. Right. Well, would, strip would have been a better word back in the back 70s. Back in the day, right? But, but, it's, but it's five blocks long right? by about three or four blocks wide. Yeah. This is the district. And, uh, you know, 200,000 people will be down there on a given night. Yeah. I uh, mean, literally 200,000 people. I mean, if, if there's a special event, we've had... There are had, more people downtown... Like during what was the last one? Uh, the big one recently. Fireworks. Fourth yeah, of July. Fire, no, no, no. Before that, there was like just like last week or something. Oh, I oh the car race. Oh, so yeah. That we had this Indy car race. Um, yeah. Uh, and which evidently which was, we've never talked about, but we should, or we did we, talk a little about. No, well, that it was coming, right? But it was it was. Uh, there were some parts about it that were a great idea. It's a perfect thing for Nashville. Yeah, it I was mean, a, cars go vroom vroom, drink beer, perfect, right? But it was a horrible race, though. Evidently, a horrible race. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about races, so I, 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 I kind of. Uh, that's one of my little things that I kind of actually keep up. Do with. you like the F one though? Oh, I do. I like the see F1. the F one is different though because those guys know what they're doing when they drive on the streets. F one, but F one and IndyCar are close enough sure. that it's kind of like. Uh, yeah, it just was not I mean, a Roger really Pinsky well. Was an F one, you driver. know, trying to put a uh, road course on the places that they put it and try to sneak it in there. It was a little tight. Well, that I mean, I and didn't they also understand had, the loop. Yeah, the city loop. I didn't understand it because there was plenty of room. Yeah, and they. The all, reality is, it should have gone down Broadway. It should have. It should have. I mean, but, why bring it to Nashville? But then they couldn't not, sell beer. Sure, they could. Oh, that's true. They only true. need two little lanes. I mean, that's, you know. That's true. When you put up those big barriers, it's amazing what you know the, what you the, can do. And the, it would have uh, really showcased the city. To the other it. problem, too, was they had too many cars. That, that's the thing in F1. Right, yeah, you yeah, got yeah. 20 cars. That's it. That's right. it. You know, 20 cars and that's it. So Yeah, but, but the fact uh, that the guy that won the race was in an accident in like the first five laps or something went flying up in the air like 10 feet in the air and then came back down and they fixed his car and he won i thought that was kind of cool okay back to party buses so the reason this is a deal is when the race was going on we literally had over 150,000 people downtown right uh which is approximately the entire population of nashville davidson county when i first came here in 1980 pretty much yeah Uh, well fireworks i think they said didn't they say three or four hundred thousand yeah but they were wrong oh okay everybody said that but it was like then my friends that all went downtown said you know there was nobody here i'm like okay okay well good for them it was trump's guy that does his crowd estimates did the crowd so party buses so basically what has happened is you know since we've become the bachelorette capital of the world yes and that's everybody's coming to party and so folks came up with this idea first it was pedal taverns where there were these supposed kind of they're about 10 seat 10 seats and you pedal them and you drive literally it's like you're sitting at a bar but instead of putting your feet on the bar rail where your feet go there are actual pedals and they are in fact propelled by the pedals they, they do are. have little motors on them but they do. the uh, but it's kind of like an electric bike it is and it, what's funny to me is they make them look like it's a tavern you know where you've got beer on tap they don't ever have beer on tap they, they have just usually you have to bring your own uh, it's against the law until this year it was against the law for them to serve to sell beer they could only serve yours Oh, you had to bring all of your own I liquor. I didn't know that. They, there's no liquor license available for a open tavern with pedals. I didn't think there was any regulation on open paddle taverns. The, um, 
Uh, yeah, shocking. Well, that's, that is shocking. But, but anyway, you know, it's very just, southern to regulate selling. I, I always thought it was something. weird because they made it look like it was, you know, hey, I've got my tap there and everything. And actually, there would be usually two cases of bud sitting in the... At the best, right? Whatever you bring, and it's become, I think you would have to estimate, when you drive by them now, there's a lot of these little seltzery things. Oh, yeah, because that's what the kids are drinking. It's all the rage, yeah. Yeah, so, although there, I hear seltzer sales is going down. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. So, anyway. I'm offended. As an alcoholic, I'm offended yeah. by their existence. <laughs> I understand. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, the so we had the pedal taverns, and then somebody else said, well, hey, why don't I take this old school bus and paint it pink, and we'll, yep. we'll do it. And now there's one that has a hot tub in it, yep. and there's one that that's a big green tractor. That, uh, that's no, basic. not one. Oh, several big green tractors. Many tractors. Tractors. <laughs> they, yeah, we have our own hay rides in the middle of downtown yep. Nashville. And so there are all of these party buses, party vehicles. They're, yes, they're uh, and, open party vehicles. Some are closed, but mostly open party vehicles. And it's insanity. Playing insanely loud hip-hop music, by the way. Usually. In the middle of, yeah. yeah I mean, sometimes it's country, but it's the hip-hop country. Hip-hop country. Yeah, and so Florida, Georgia And line. with young people who are bombed out of their minds i mean are just completely over the top drunk and so recently we had um a young man it's a tragic story was on a party bus was drinking too much sitting on the edge fell out and got run over by the bus yeah and and did he make it i can't remember yes he's fine he's fine um he was too drunk to get badly hurt (laughs) yeah well there's Um, that the All right, so the deal is, so he falls off the back of the thing, falls under the wheels and gets run over by said bus, which is always the fact since he made it, it's actually pretty funny. Yeah. So um, had he died, it still would have been funny, but we couldn't talk about it. Exactly. So the guy falls off, he's drunk, he gets run over by his own party bus. um, And so there's an outcry. Of course. I don't really know from whom, because... Nobody really cares. It's it's kind of like the outcry well, about the well. We'll get to that in a minute. I think Freddie Freddie, the council person down there, who has really wanted these things regulated for a while. Sure, yeah. It was it was a good opportunity. I like, like Freddie too. It was a good opportunity to go ahead and bring up the issue again, only for us to discover that there is a law in the state of Tennessee. Yeah, that says. You can, uh, local cities or what ordinances, cannot regulate transportainment. Yes, uh, transportainment vehicles. Transportainment vehicles, of which all of these... These all fall under that interesting made-up word. So, basically, it doesn't matter if people are dying. Uh Uh-uh. It just, or even getting run over by a thing, you can't regulate it. Nope. Uh, because that's the way the state works with our city. Yeah, it's like, it's, it, it's, it's, it's actually, it's one of the perfect versions of overreach. I mean, I was, I was actually astounded by that one. I don't know how it's possible that I can still be astounded by the overreach of right. the Tennessee state legislature into the business of a city. Mm-hmm. But the uh, it, 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 it is just amazing uh, how they can overreach and underreach all at the same time. Yeah, it's like we had uh, recently, and it's a, a shifting, changing of the subject. But the reality is, we had a really, really tragic flood, not in Nashville proper, but about forty minutes to the west. Right, right. And so this is bad. Eighteen people died in this flash flood. Still got three or four missing. Still got some missing. Uh, it's, I mean, it's really horrible. Um, 
you know, the, the governor helicoptered in out there and spent about two hours on the ground walking around in boots, which is, by the way, he's awesome at walking around in boots. Yeah. Unmasked with a bunch of people yeah. um, spreading coronavirus. So he's great at that. So he's there and he walks around. Some lady just collapses in tears on his shoulder. And I assure you, that's the most photographs that have been taken by the staff photographer for the state uh mm-hmm. In a very long time, because right. he actually interacted with a Tennessean and sure. they caught it right on film. I mean, my yeah. God, it was everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. He immediately left, and now I've got a friend that's out there that lives on the far side of Bellevue that's volunteering mm-hmm. out there, and he is as right wing, red state loving kind of guy has ever lived. And he has posted repeatedly on the social media, "Where is the governor? Where is the state of Tennessee? Why is nobody here to help?" This is right. all private donation. Right. Um, and it turns out, I guess the state is once again mm-hmm. representing our best interest by protecting the rainy day fund. Wasn't this a rainy day? <laughs> it we was had... just couldn't get any better. I mean, I was making jokes about the rainy day fund during the pandemic, right? right. Because we were desperate for all this money right. for remote learning and all this stuff, sure. which is also illegal, it turns right. out. And um, which also only affects Nashville and Memphis. Right. Um, so the this whole thing... I just, uh, you can't write this stuff. No. I mean, it's a rainy day fund. Right. It rained 14 inches. Right. It flooded a city of Republicans right down the wash. And I say that because I assure you the legislature and the governor are only helping Republicans. Right. If you have ever even leaned to your left to pick something up off the floor, Mm -hmm. you are not on their list. But the... It's just the definition of a rainy day. It really is. And uh, there's 1.5 billion dollars in the rainy day fund. Yeah, and I mean they need you like know, two million bucks. Probably, maybe a little more than that. I hear, well, I to mean, fix it's, things they'll need more than that, but that'll be yeah, federal money. Yeah, but like to right deal with today, the, today they need, we need like two million bucks two just million to go bucks, out there yeah. and get all the temporary housing set up so that people can go indoors, have electricity and water until we can start right. using FEMA and all that and insurance and right. that stuff takes months to get. It going. does, and uh, having lived through that in the 2010 and helped folks through that, it does take months, and the immediate need right now. Uh, and I just want to say this because I've got good friends, you know, that are collecting clothes sure. and food yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. They need money. They need money. Yeah. Uh, clothes and food Which, are by nice. Which, the, the state has lots of. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, look, this thing was this thing was tragic in that it was completely unexpected. This wasn't like houses that were in the floodplain. These are uh, people that have never seen flooding before in their life. And, uh, and they had 14 inches of rain. And we can talk about why that happened, but we'll we'll avoid that subject today. But uh, yeah. it, it's uh, all of that is to say, um, I've got a good friend whose parents lived up there, and their house has been totally destroyed. Yeah, God. And um, this isn't covered by flood insurance because you, insurance companies don't do floods. You have to buy separate flood insurance, and right. most people, if they're not in a flood zone, don't buy flood insurance because they think, well, there's no need to have it. I don't think it. I have it. I don't have it either. Um, and um, and so they uh, are looking at, the insurance company said they might give them a third of what the house, what the cost right, right, would right. be. That, don't you think it. insurance companies have gotten just a little addicted to FEMA? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Well, but the, again... And the, that's okay. I mean, but it's just interesting that... You know, the thing about insurance companies is... 
they know exactly what's happening in the world. I mean, look, well, they could they could do ask me five questions and tell me when I'm going to die, probably down to the second. Yeah, they get you pretty close. Uh, there, pretty, yeah. Very, very close. There was a joke going around for a long time. Facebook can tell you before you get pregnant when you're going to have a baby. Yeah, from the way you talk and interact. Exactly. And like yeah, and so so they um, all yeah they know and they they're recognizing hey the world is changing we're not going to be able to keep up with all of this so um yeah it, it, it's a horrific thing and while i'm not surprised that the state is not responding I, well i'm not surprised because i've seen it before sure they never respond. they they didn't do i mean uh, tennessee emergency management does a good job of managing a crisis in the early days. They did interact with FEMA and make some of that happen. Yep. But um, that was with a fairly sane administration. Well, and I talk about this too because the on, on December the 25th of last year, there was a bomb in downtown Nashville that blew up about six blocks of downtown. No one was killed. This was extremely good news except for the guy that detonated the bomb. And... The the governor, as it was reported, was reaching out to the White House repeatedly trying to get some help from Trump, who mm-hmm. couldn't be bothered to even answer the phone calls, let alone deploy resources to Nashville. And a lot of that's because, you know, Nashville's going to vote for Trump. I mean, Tennessee is going to vote for Trump no matter what. So why respond? Right. I mean, he's just not on the top of the list. He, he responds to Florida, Georgia, Arizona, Pennsylvania. Um that's you know and uh, there's probably a million reasons why but nonetheless uh, it turns out um, president biden called the governor before he called the white house mm-hmm. and said hey you guys got a problem we're here to help what do you need mm-hmm. um, that's really that's how the president thing goes that's how you're supposed to do that mm-hmm. regardless of which party you're in you're supposed right. to like oh americans hurting let us help them right this is what you do right and so seeing that happen was was great and i think that you know we're going to get tons of federal help tima does a good job of managing but you can only manage the resources that are allocated to you and without the legislature and the governor allocating the kind of resources necessary to actually put people inside temporary housing to make sure that there's electricity going to said housing and these people are eating food and they're just a tremendous outpouring of private money this is unbelievable it's like barbecue day right um in waverly tennessee so there's like an unlimited amount of barbecue like today and tomorrow and if you need bulk like catering sizes Mm -hmm. that's all free too if you call and give them 24 hours notice so they can have enough for you uh amazing stuff going on and tennesseans are good about that it's called the volunteer state you know and it's people are helping each other uh but once again but the antipathy towards receiving federal assistance so this is this is my worry there's a problem there this may be overblown worry but i'm going to throw it out there we have a governor that had the opportunity to take billions of dollars millions of dollars in relief funds related to billions billions in in uh, relief funds to help with unemployment and rental assistance and things like that who turned it down because of ideological reasons um What's to say he doesn't go back to the feds and say, we really don't need your help? Well, nothing. I mean, historically, that's his only answer. I mean, never has anyone in my lifetime that was, you know, that was part of my sphere where I had to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. 
turn down more free money. I mean, we turned down 100% of Medicaid expansion, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, is all federal money. Right. And the problem with Southern Republicans in Tennessee is they, they don't understand the nature of money. Right. So they think, well, if we don't take that help, it'll make us tougher. Right. <laughs> and then we'll, we're going to fight through it. Right. Yeah. Now, they don't believe that those people that are getting um, Medicare, getting Medicaid, Medicaid. Uh, would fight through it. Mm-hmm. They think that they're just lazy bums and there is no systemic problem stopping them from being multimillionaires like Bill Lee who right. inherited all of his money. Exactly. Much like the last president inherited all of his money. Um, they think that the nature of money is such that if we save money, we're saving money. That there's mm-hmm. some sort of moral reason to save money but more importantly they believe it's like a dave ramsey kind of money that they're saving right mm-hmm. we're putting money in our little envelopes and then we're going to pay the power bill with this one and the water bill with that one and right. the rent with this one that's not how federal money works no when federal money is allocated and unspent nothing happens right the federal debt doesn't go down right the deficit is not reduced mm-hmm. the money simply sits there Right. Until it's either reallocated by Congress. Yeah. You know, or nothing happens. And the level of intellectual vacancy mm-hmm. in the Capitol building downtown and in the legislative offices on this subject is just sort of stunning. Well, and I mean, $800 billion just in COVID money. Right. $800 million, I'm sorry, million dollars. Yeah. That's almost a billion dollars just in that one check and that they won't take. And there was, there, you know, there's a... Um, and again, their unwillingness to be able to allocate this money is played out in like, there's a ton of money related for rental assistance for oh folks God, who have yeah. lost their jobs and all that. Uh, right now, they're saying the lion's share of it has not been no, given. No, it's not. No. It's not going And it going was timed in. beautifully. I mean, the Tennessee legislature wanted to time this in such a way that the moratorium on evictions would expire at mm-hmm. the same time Right, they want to wait to, I'm sorry, they want to release that money after the moratorium expires. Right. Right. Um, the It's just one of those things that I don't think that they are intelligent enough to like plot it that way. Mm-hmm. It's just the way their brain works. Right. Right, they're just, the way they see the world is so twisted right. that their thought process you know, I, I read everything Cameron Sexton puts out and mm-hmm. writes and talks about. I read so everything. Sorry. I know, but it, I feel like it's our obligation. Yeah. And McNally uh, and Bill Lee. I follow all of them on every social mm-hmm. media. I read everything they put out, every letter they write, and everything they propose. And these are people that are accidentally evil. Right. They have been raised in a world so insular, so protected, so rich, and so white that when they say things, I do believe that they really, really, from the bottom of their heart, believe that they're doing the right, good Christian thing for those folks. Right. And they just couldn't be better messengers of the opposite. Right. Right. I mean, it's the reason that we have the same problem going around in the South right now, particularly in the South, by the Mm -hmm. way, Texas and Florida leading the way. Right. Where we have people that will not take a vaccine because wasn't approved and researched enough by the FBA, FDA. They're currently taking animal dewormer yeah. to treat COVID. Now, they'll take animal dewormer. Yeah. And I just, I'm at this point where I, I don't know what to do. I, I, saw to some line, of our, right? I saw some of our legislators basically wanting to put taking animal dewormer into yes. the law yeah into they the want to make it a code, thing right a thing and i'm like you want to override medical 
uh, advice. And the article that I read today said that the poison control centers are now getting overloaded with people that have taken animal dewormer um, and are making themselves extremely sick. So so I I don't, I mean, I'm at the point where I kind of agree with you in the sense that, which is, that's not rare. We agree a lot. No, we agree a lot now. But um, just from different different, uh, different attitudes. attitudes. (laughs) But where, you know, these folks that are our supposed leaders are getting people sick and killed. And at what point do we as as citizens of the place that we live say listen guys y'all just aren't really smart (laughs) and right and and it is time for us to kind of take care of one another that's what we're supposed to be about that's what society is that's what society is that is the definition of society and government's role in society right is to do for the group what the individual cannot do for itself. What we call the common good. It is the common good. And we have seen, you know, we make, I may, I, I should say, shouldn't say we, because you don't make jokes about people dying. I do. Um, but the, you know, this is like one of those great Darwin Awards things where we literally have, you know, the governors in other states, they want to make the dewormer legal. Mm-hmm. They want to, they're still doing hydroxychloroquine. Right. Or whatever that thing was. I mean, yeah. yeah. And then you go down and find out that the, uh, turns out the governor of Florida has received $10 million in donations from the company that makes Regeneron or whatever. Yeah. So he's opening, he's closing vaccine clinics and opening Regeneron treatment centers. Exactly. It's amazing how that works. Money, and you know that's our state has so many great resources. We got so much money. Our city has got so much available to it that it's time we all kind of just took a big deep breath. But it's going to take a reset button. It's not something. The problem is when we rewrite or redraw, I should say, the council districts in this next pass. Right. Somebody needs to put forward a, a proposal that we at least eliminate, say, five of them. Right. Right? Let's start working our way towards a manageable size city council. Right. A manageable uh, uh, infrastructure that, that we could actually run the city in the way it should be run. Mm-hmm. Because the one thing he got right in that New York Times article was by not doing the things that we all know we need to do, we're becoming exactly what we swore we would not become. Atlanta. Atlanta. Well, with that, I think we probably We've done it. We've done it. We've made it through. Uh, As we leave today, I want to just offer a a prayer request. I know where this is not specifically a religious podcast, but... He's a preacher. I'm a preacher. So I I have a good friend of mine, or not a good friend of mine, but a friend of mine, colleague in ministry, uh, who just recently passed, a guy named Thomas McKenzie of Church of the Redeemer here in Nashville. And it was a tragic accident. Both he and his daughter uh, lost their lives (laughs) in an auto accident. Um, that congregation is pretty devastated. Obviously, the, his wife and other daughter are devastated. And I just ask that you lift them up in prayer uh, or thoughts uh, or positive vibes or whatever it is you send uh, because it was a pretty awful thing. There are a lot of us that are reeling uh, in light of that. So, Thomas, you were a good guy. Um, I trust and hope that, and know that you are in a better place than this world, but we're going to miss you. And so um, please think about his family. Thank you for that, and I will not play Nashville's a Drinking Town over the closing credits because of that. Uh, well, I'm that's I'm going to okay. skip it and play something more 
serene. So, but we do. We send out our thoughts and prayers to his family. God bless you. And my daughter that is working as a doctor in the COVID plagued Corpus Christi, Texas. Um, think of her as well. And uh, everybody go have a great day. Stay safe and do something good for somebody besides yourself. It'll, trust me, it'll feel great. And it's the right thing to do. Take care, everyone. Uh-huh.